Hey guys, welcome to a new episode. This is your host Mohammed. We'll get started with the nuclear medicine hot nose sign. This sign describes relatively increased nasal profusion, which is shown on increased radio tracer uptake in the nose. This is a relative increased profusion because there is no cerebral profusion, and this is consistent with brain death. On the prior episode, we said that in brain death, there is increased intracranial pressure, which prevents intracranial blood from going to the brain. So no blood through the internal carotid or the vertebral artery. On nuclear medicine, this shows as a photopenic brain and there is increased relative increased flow into the nose which shows a radio dense or increased photon density on nuclear medicine which shows the hot nose sign why is metformin held prior to pet scan metformin increases fdg uptake particularly in the colon which shows as dense diffuse intense uptake which can blind us for a colonic lesion and mislead us again metformin causes diffuse intense colonic uptake and that's why it's held prior to PET scans. Image and appearance of Ewing sarcoma on bone scan it appears as intense homogeneous increased activity on all three phases which can mimic osteomyelitis. Again for Ewing sarcoma we see increased homogeneous activity on three phases of the bone scan and this is how osteomyelitis would look like. Imaging features of radionuclide cisternography in communicating hydrocephalus. What we see is early entry of radio tracer into the lateral ventricles in four to six hours. Obviously, radio tracer should not enter the lateral ventricles based on what we discussed on prior episodes. Then there would be persistent of radio tracer in the lateral ventricles greater than 24 hours again. Entry between four to six hours into the lateral ventricle and persistence of radio tracer into the lateral ventricles in greater than 24 hours. And finally, delayed ascent into the parasagittal region. As you know that CSF is resorbed in the arachnoid tissue in the parasagittal regions and in the superior sagittal sinus. Now, if there is disorder that inhibit resorption, as you can imagine, there would be backup of CSF or traffic, which leads to the communicating hydrocephalus, as well as leading to the radio tracer delayed getting into the parasagittal region. FDG evaluation for testicular cancers, so seminomatous cancers are hot on PET CT scan and non-seminomatous cancers are cold on PET scan. Again, seminomatous testicular cancers are hot on PET scan and non-seminomatous are not hot on PET scan. In post-total thyroidectomy patients, when we do their post-op thyroid scan to evaluate for residual thyroid tissue to figure out dosing and treatment. What is the critical radio tracer uptake percentage following a total thyroidectomy? Typically, we want less than 5% radio tracer uptake. If there is more than 5% uptake, patient can that means there is a decent size of residual thyroid tissue and this will cause pain and inflammation if they're treated with high-dose uh, I-131. Surgeon might elect to take the patient to the OR for completion or removal of the residual tissue. Now, the actually more important question, what is the level of TSH needed prior to scanning the patient post-op? So TSH will indicate how deprived these patients are. And if they're deprived from thyroid hormone, their TSH level would go up. And if their level of TSH is up, that means their thyroid tissue will take up any iodine available in order to produce thyroid hormone if there is residual thyroid tissue. The level that we look for, the ideal target of TSH level, 
is 50. Obviously, keep in mind that the normal is about less than four. So 50 is what we're looking for. 30 is the minimum that would indicate that they would have good response to the scan and meaning we will have a good uptake study and good visualization of any residual thyroid tissue. Obviously, if it's not at 30, we'll go back and try to stimulate or increase their TSH. What is the differential for false negative HIDA scan? False negative meaning we assumed that we saw the gallbladder and that the patient doesn't have acute cholecystitis, but the patient in reality has acute cholecystitis and what we saw is not the gallbladder. One, it can be acalculus cholecystitis, meaning the patient has acalculus and the cystic duct is patent, which allowed retrograde filling of the, well, uh, of the radio tracer into the gallbladder. Other options, meaning gallbladder is not really visualized, but we see a cystic structure near or around the location of the gallbladder. Most common, we can have a duodenal diverticulum, which can look like a gallbladder that is filling with radio tracer because it's emptying into the small bowel, meaning from the liver radio tracer is going into the small bowel, and now it's filling a duodenal diverticulum. And that's why we get the lateral view to make sure that we're not being fooled by a duodenal diverticulum. And obviously, you can look at a prior CT scan to make sure that there is no duodenal diverticulum. And finally, biliary cystic disease. So biliary tree dilation or cystic dilation of the biliary tree can mimic a gallbladder. Evaluation of renal transplant renogram on nuclear medicine. What are the imaging presentation of acute tubular necrosis? For renal transplant, we see in case of acute tubular necrosis or ATN, we see normal perfusion and delayed excretion of contrast. Now, it's important to distinguish ATN from another entity that is also seen in renal transplant, and it presents exactly the same, which is cyclosporin toxicity, which is an immunosuppression medication given to renal transplant patient. Both of them, ATN and cyclosporin toxicity, present the same, meaning there is normal perfusion and delayed excretion of radio tracer. The only real difference is the timeline. ATN present within the first few weeks, particularly, you know, first one first week, and then ATN would be presenting a, a cyclosporin toxicity would be after there is a higher dose of cyclosporin within their system and it accumulated, which led to this presentation. So it presents after the first week or first couple of weeks. Again, ATN and cyclosporin toxicity on nuclear medicine present with delayed perfusion, with normal perfusion and delayed excretion. Again, normal perfusion and delayed excretion. Appearance of cavernous hemangioma on sulfur colloid scan so on the flow phase, a hemangioma would appear photopenic, just like a CT scan. And we sit on CT scan or MRI, we see peripheral delayed filling. That's what we see on flow phase. We see a photopenic defect. And on delayed phase, we see, slow, we see filling of a tagged red blood cell or sulfur colloid within the, uh, within the hemangioma. Differences between RCC and oncocytoma on PET imaging. Now, we said you could never differentiate oncocytoma from renal cell carcinoma on imaging. This still is the case, even though classically the teaching that RCC is cold on PET scan and oncocytoma is hot on question mark. You could never, if it's a question, you cannot differentiate it on imaging and a lesion that looks like an oncocytoma will come out regardless because it would be hot on PET. So that doesn't tell you anything. Uh, but if it's a question of which lesion is hot, RCC is cold on PET scan and oncocytoma is hot on PET scan. What is the differential for diffuse pulmonary uptake of sulfur colloid? One is cirrhosis because we said sulfur colloid goes to the liver, spleen, and bone marrow. Now, if there's cirrhosis, it's going to go somewhere else, including the lung, COPD with superimposed infection, Langerhans cell histocytosis, and high 
serum aluminum. So high concentration of serum aluminum would lead to redistribution of sulfur colloid. This can be due to both uh, anti-acid and uh, alumina from colloid preparation, which lymphomas are not pet avid. Typically, we know lymphomas are pet avid. Now, marginal zone lymphoma and malt or mucosal associated lymphoid tissue are typically called on PET scan. Again, marginal zone lymphoma and malt are both called on PET imaging. Manifestation of acute rejection of kidney on MAG3 scan. If you just remember, we said that ATN and cyclosporin toxicity would manifest with normal perfusion and delayed excretion of radiotracer. Now, acute rejection would present with poor perfusion and delayed uptake, as well as retention of contrast, meaning delayed excretion. So delayed uptake and delayed excretion, and the key thing is poor perfusion, are markers for acute renal rejection. Imaging study of choice for extraadrenal pheochromocytoma. We said the choice imaging of choice for extraadrenal pheochromocytoma is Octorioscan, otherwise known as indium-111 pentotriotide scan, and that's for extraadrenal pheochromocytoma. What are the routes of eliminating excess I-131 after treatment? Why this is an important question, it's because when we give I-131 to patients, we need to tell them to do things in order to allow safe excretion of excess I-131 from their body. One, urinary, urinary that's the most common pathway for elimination of I-131. Second is saliva, and that's why we tell them to chew a lot of gum or eat sugar candy in order to stimulate producing saliva, which will excrete I-131 from the salivary gland and minimize damage to the salivary tissue. Finally, milk, and that's why we instruct mother, mothers who are treated with I-131 therapy to stop breastfeeding completely during this cycle, meaning if the mother is breastfeeding and we treat her for I-131, that she will completely stop and not give her milk to the child because I-131 is eliminated through the milk, through the entire uh, breastfeeding cycle for the child, meaning for the next pregnancy, she will able to be uh, to breastfeed, but not this current uh, child. What is the criteria for high probability VQ scan for a PE? It is two or more large territory areas or two or more segments with mismatched defect. Mismatched defect meaning that there is poor perfusion because of the PE because of the embolus within the pulmonary arteries, which limits perfusion to that territory, but normal ventilation, that's mismatched defect. Again, two or more large areas greater than 75% of the segment consistent with normal x-ray or normal uh, ventilation would be consistent with a mass mismatched defect. Benign lesions that are hot on MDP bone scan we have aneurysmal bone cyst, osteoid osteoma, osteoblastoma, giant cell tumor, and fibrous dysplasia. Again, giant cell tumor, fibrous dysplasia, osteoblastoma, osteoid osteoma, and aneurysmal bone cyst. Why is HCC typically called on PET scan? That's because part of HCC tumorogenesis, we lose the glucose 6-phosphatase, and we are not able to trap FDG again. Part of HCC genesis or tumor genesis is we lose the G6-phosphatase or glucose 6-phosphatase and we're unable to trap FDG. Staying on the same topic, we said that FDG is not typically trapped by HCC. What is a nuclear medicine marker for HCC? Gallium can be used 
to diagnose HCC. It's not really used anymore, but it can be used. And on imaging, we see increased focal gallium uptake in hepatomas.